<laughs> so just so we can do a refresher on the format, hello, welcome, trust um, two episodes. We do a one-minute recap that encompasses both episodes. We talk about the episodes, and then we do the Scooby-Doo, doodle doo doodle doo doodle doo if we want to talk about how the episodes fit into the season as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. And, oh, um, is that we... not the intro? <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the behind the scenes review. Yeah. For oh, us. okay, gotcha. Yeah. All right. Welcome to the Flash Flashcast Summer Hiatus um, Special Edition Makeup Episode Extravaganza where we are backfilling the episodes that we did not broadcast about the first time they aired because the three of us were busy talking about how much we love Sons of Anarchy instead. So, now that you're all caught up, I'm Lisa Schmeiser. With me tonight is Phil Mosellac and Tony Sindelar. Hello! We- hello! Also, also hello. <laughs> also hello, and we will be covering uh, Flash Episodes Season 1, Episode 3, and Season 1, Episode 4 today. As soon as I actually call up my, my stupid uh, TV shows in iTunes, I can tell you the names of those for complete. Yes, The Things You Can't Outrun. Outru- yes, Things You Can't Outrun and Going Rogue. Uh, initial air dates, October 21st, 2014. October 28th, 2014. So, I've got our intrepid crew. I did the recap for the last um, summer hiatus, summer du- double super special. Who is the lucky person to do the one minute recap of these two episodes tonight? I've got the notes. I've got the speed, right. I think. Dude, right. I, have a, I have a timer, unless someone else also has a timer. Oh, I, I'm going to trust Tony to be the timekeeper. All right. All right. <laughs> you're, you're ready, Phil? I'm, I, I'm ready. Three, two, one, go. The things you can't unrun, just when things are going all great. What do you do with these prisoners? Do you kill them like Joe says? Well, it doesn't seem like a really humane thing to do, so why not take the metahumans, Use your particle accelerator and house and house them over there. Well, who's first on the list? It's the mist, a guy who can literally blow himself into some sort of mist, and it causes all kinds of chaos. Uh, this also causes Caitlin and Cisco and Wells to flash back to the night of the explosion, and it's a night of remembrance as Joe uh, reopens Barry's mother's case to re-examine every piece of evidence. Wells stops by a secret, mysterious room pulling a newspaper headline showing the camera footage of Barry's lab going getting hit by lightning. We'll see you soon, Barry. Then we go rogue with super guy uh, Wentworth Miller. But anyway, he becomes Captain Cold, one of Flash's most famous heroes. Felicity comes to town. Whoop, whoop. Uh, Felicity is also worried. That That's one minute. Oh, oh. It's a lot. Two episodes in, in one minute is a lot. It's tough, yeah. Also, we should mention that Captain Cold is one of Flash's most notorious villains, not one of the most notorious heroes. But oh, there we go. He's I suppose not a hero. it depends on whether you have a, pl- a pro-cold or anti-cold agenda. Yeah, it's, it's a, your political leanings are really showing there. That's they it. are. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it was. It, I, I was so excited Felicity was coming to town that everything kind of went sideways. Yeah. I had totally forgotten that that was the same episode. Um, an exciting episode but maybe we'll get to that one in a second yes yeah so um should we start with episode three yes Yes. so we'll start with episode three um a little bit of a heartstring tugger i was surprised by how quickly they went to like the poignant well early on um especially when they uh you know the whole the whole thing is hammering the message home to barry that uh 
he's going to end up feeling helpless and guilty all of the time for, for what he's failed to do. Not for what he can do, but for what he's failed to do. And that's kind of the flip side of, of, his, of his gift. Um, also, when you think about this episode, it does a great job of pointing out that for all that Barry has superpowers, those superpowers come with some serious downside, like not being able to have painkillers. Mm-hmm. And I love that they include that detail because sometimes it's, it's all, it's awesome. I can fly. I can see through things. And it doesn't point out that, you know, you never see anybody who flies and they come back down with frostbite because they didn't account for the fact that air is super cold, like the further away you Earth. Um, <laughs> and in this case, since Barry does have a super metabolism, um, his regenerating cells can keep him alive, but they also, it's also a great deal of pain he's in and, and suffering and there's nothing anyone can do about it, which, um, I, I like that they went there, but yeah, it's an unexpectedly dark episode in some ways. It's unexpectedly heartstrings tugging because at the end when he's running, he's basically like trying to run to clear his head and, and, and feel useful. And it's not as wee as like the, <laughs> as, as the first two. And he's like, I can run and save people. Mm-hmm. So I loved that. And I thought it was, you know, in retrospect, and this is not a spoilery, in retrospect, it's really brave of the show to have gone there mm-hmm. like three episodes in. Well, we yeah. have a big I, flashback. I feel- so we actually get to it, learn what happens, you know, the night of the incident from the Wells, the Star Labs point of view. Mm-hmm. I feel like that ends up being kind of the A plot of the episode, right? And, and that yeah. kind of, and I think that that's going to be a trend that we see in a lot of the episodes is that the villain of the week is not the A plot, um, which is like, that's kind of how I always think of the episode is like, who's the villain that shows up? Who do they have to fight and defeat? But that tends to, I mean, I think I, I was I was surprised how quickly that kind of drifts into the kind of like, no, we're going to deal with that in about 15 minutes. This episode is really about uh, the Star Labs backstory, especially the kind of the Ronnie and Caitlin side of it, right? We we get a lot from yeah. them that we, they were, kind of, a lot of that was unknown to us so far in the first two episodes. And, and the and mist, the, I had, I, the mist, yeah, the mist is, is not, not the most memorable of metahumans. No, See, I no. thought he was actually probably like the most like dastardly in some ways because he was just like he, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot of speaking roles. But what he does say mm-hmm. is just like I'm going to kill you, and you know, he's mm-hmm. he just like I'm a murderer. That's what I do. Yeah, I thought he was a little boring in that. Um, I mean, like literally, it's another. I'm a career criminal who now has superpowers. And I am just going to go through the list of people that I'm going to hurt. I'm going to hurt the people that testified against me, the judge, and the cop that put me away. And it's like, what are you even going to do after that? And it's like, you know, he got two out of three <laughs> of them. Kind of big belly burger, um, maybe. I mean, yeah, you know, file my taxes, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, no, it's, jog it's, more. It's like, you know. It, that, that A-plot reads like, a, that's like the premise of a horror movie where, you yeah. know, there's always been a horror movie. Oh, you've got, you've got the hands of a convicted killer. Wait, why are you strangling the witness in this case of the convicted killer? Um, it was a little <coughs> like that was grafted into this episode. And, you know, yeah. I mean, I think the guy that played the mist was creepy looking in kind of a generic creepy looking kind of way. Yeah. Um, he does have the ridiculous villain name where he's Kyle Nimbus and then he becomes the mist, you know, and he is, that is not the most egregious of ridiculous flash villain names out there. Um, but. But it gets up um, there. It's it's. I think that's that's you know that's like an eight out of ten on the ridiculous, ridiculometer yeah. that you know <laughs> Cisco would get really excited about. Um, I think we're going to have to um, actually institute the ridiculometer as a ridiculometer. Metric. Yeah. As a, no, we should institute mm-hmm. it as a metric for for everything that they run across in season two. Like okay, for each metahuman. Yeah, exactly. Each metahuman gets well. They on are the ridiculometer I mean, scale. Without, I mean, these are not spoilers, and these, but you know, there are certain. Uh, 
classic Flash villains that do not appear in season one. Mm -hmm. And the question is, will they appear in season two? Because the ones that they have avoided are some of the more ridiculous ones. And is mm -hmm. it because they're saving them for season two or are they just, they're not going to use them because they're so ridiculous. And, I'll, uh, and maybe I'll, I'll touch on that after the, uh, after our spoiler horn later. Yeah. Okay. Um, good, good, good. Cause I'm yeah. curious. Because there's mm -hmm. another thing that, and I think this was a complaint of mine when the show first started, and we can, again, discuss it more after doo -doo 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 -doo, but I, I, you know, Barry is, like, literally the only metahuman who gets powers and is like, I'm going to use them for good. Like, everyone else is like, now, now how can I mess things up? How can, mm -hmm. I, how can I make this work for me? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> that <laughs> is a really good point. You know, yeah. that, that in Central City, everyone else went one direction while Barry mm -hmm. went, he's the only one who went the other. It, well, and I mean, there is like there is always that question of like how many metahumans out there that have like a really mundane power yeah. mm -hmm. that like they they can't use or they haven't unlocked or like they're just like I mean like how many guys are there that are like pizza delivery guys who are just a little bit faster now or like yeah. guys work in the stock market who are a little bit smarter or you know or you know how many people have just been nuanced <laughs> in in ways that are you know like you're they your can correlate really really well yeah like, like they your can fourth breathe underwater but they hate swimming you know. You know? Yeah. <laughs> My my favorite X-Men are always the really, like, they have these tiny weird powers where mm -hmm. they're like, he can generate localized tornadoes in someone's small intestine. And you're like, that that is useful in some circumstances, but that does not make you combat ready against Magneto. Mm -hmm. Unless you think that Magneto has had chili for lunch. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just... <laughs> um. You know, there's always... Oh, they just ridiculous um you know oh they she she can command lava which you know oh that's handy if you're someplace where there's a reservoir of lava nearby but if you're not then good luck <laughs> you know what one other thing i was thinking about like for the through line this becomes more of a season seasonal mm -hmm. thing but, but we have joe actually takes barry seriously and he's not the kid who made up a whole story about lightning and mm -hmm. starts to take uh the whole and he says okay you know you've done the i you were telling me the truth the whole time. Now I've got to reopen the case in my own way. Mm -hmm. And we also, we get the, the specific, the character's voice and answer the question of why doesn't Barry just use his power to free his dad, right? Yeah. And, you know, and they talk about how, like, you know, that is not the life that they want. Right? That's not who he is. Yeah. yeah. It's, this is, and, and this is something that they've made clear in all, in the first four episodes is that Barry is very conscious that as a person, he's the sum of his choices. And so he works very hard to make the kind of choices he makes to be the kind of person he wants to be, which is interesting. He's much more in control of his destiny than I think um, anyone else on that show actually is when you think about it, you know, because, mm -hmm. well, let's, you know. Up until this big nuclear event, Joe was Joe is a cop who's a single dad trying to raise two kids and um, and and get them through young adulthood without anything serious and catastrophic happening. And you had Cisco and Caitlin who were in you know their nerd farm happily nerding away. And you had Doctor Wells who says he's been feeling like he's been waiting for this moment for hundreds of years, centuries, centuries. Yeah, oh, we're gonna we're, we, we're gonna need to we're gonna assemble a list of the Doctor Wells time related quotes. Yeah, so. because I again I, I wrote it down and left it on another computer, but he's like I, I've been waiting. I feel like I've been waiting for this moment for a century, mm -hmm. and I'm all oh, oh I see what you did there. But um, this was also the first mention of his uh, junk food fixation yes. because he, he mentions Big Belly Big Burger, Burger, so. And everyone looks yeah. at me and goes, what? I eat. And yeah. at first I thought, you know, at first I thought, wow, maybe they're just not used to thinking of this guy as somebody who has bodily needs. And uh, then later you find out that, yeah, he really has a big belly burger thing. But mm -hmm. um, this does also translate to the next mm -hmm. episode in that 
you know, Joe's saying, you know, you know, the other two guys you killed or mm-hmm. were we, you know, they're dead now. And yeah. w- what's our decision now? Or do we do are we going to imprison these people or mm-hmm. is it going to be like a vigilante? And that really kind of goes into going rogue because, again, Barry has to make some some decisions on who gets to live and who dies. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Caitlin points out, she's like, you're asking us to come to work every day above a, 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 a deeply illegal prison filled with very dangerous people. And they're, and, and they're like, yep, yeah, pretty much, Caitlin, love it or leave it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask so many questions. Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> Remember, we, we pay you in cash, no taxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did have a roommate who was paid under the table at the place where he and he well, why wouldn't you? Of course yeah. you would. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah what, are, also... what are you, a government stooge? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, Schmeiser, let's go. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, it was uh, amazing. you West Coast how, people. It was amazing how, well, I should mention he was also in the country illegally from the UK, but it was amazing how he structured his life where, like, he had people lined up to drive him everywhere so he would never, ever have to get behind the wheel of a car and, like... He, that sounds he, like that just sounds too complex. That's that's like a superhero type <laughs> mentality. Yeah, and he had all of these 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 rules about how he could pay for things. Like he never used credit cards because he didn't want to establish any sort of record of where he of where in the world he might be spending his money. And like he actually ran his banking through a third party, and it was amazing. <laughs> okay, I, I think you I'm need. Like, to, I think you really need to rethink designer. who He's you're a hanging out with. Designer, it was not a supervillain. That's the. <laughs> or was he right? What, Lisa? I think you. I think. Cap- I think you Captain really Kerning? got sucked in. Great villain, <laughs> Captain Kerning. Oh my yeah. god! There's your. There's, there's your, your tier four Flash villain. Yeah, so, there we go, Captain yeah. Kerning. Like he turns everyone's fonts bad, and you see yeah. architects weeping in the street now. Oh, there's a lot of captains in the Flash's rogues gallery. So, you know. I know. Well, no one ever gets promoted above the rank of captain. Well, it's you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You could have Admiral America. I wouldn't see that. No, that's dumb. No, now I'm now I have to like refresh myself on on comparative military ranks because I I know I know the naval ranks, but beyond (laughs) that, yeah, there's no main. No one ever says like they're Major Magma or you know (laughs) Lieutenant (laughs) Colonel. Well, Lieutenant Colonel. I mean, come on. Now you're getting Lieutenant Colonel Chaos. Yeah, (laughs) Ensign Enigma. Yeah. No, oh, how sad I only I know the Star the Star Trek ranks. That's how right. How low would your self esteem have to be if you if as a supervillain you're like, well, I'm Ensign Enigma. You're like, dude, that's the lowest it, possible. I thing. know, but it's alliteration. <laughs> it's the best I can do. <laughs> I'm a slave to alliteration. It's my only weakness as a supervillain. Also, I hope bullet. that someday uh, I can be promoted to second Lieutenant Enigma. Yeah, <laughs> Lieutenant JG. And, um, <laughs> so. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so so episode three is mostly notable for for the way it keeps establishing interpersonal mm. relationships. Um, what, Especially the fight at the end is yeah, not. I mean, it's, it's I, uh, I think I recall. Look, I, I have yeah, an antidote. I mean, <laughs> he also he basically just runs away from Kyle Nimbus for long yeah. enough until Kyle Nimbus gets tired, and then he just runs up to him and knocks him down. Yeah, and it, I remember people get people. I I, I think I saw a lot of. Uh, unhappiness on the internet around these early episodes and how lame the fight scenes are yeah and some of that is just you know the flash is not good at fighting he just runs fast and no. he's just this guy um so he's, he's only just... been doing it a couple months yeah he's been doing it like a couple weeks at this point we'll talk about how no one taught him how to throw a punch 
Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh God, are you kidding? Can you imagine a world in which Joe was like, "Barry, I'm going to teach you." No, on second thought, I'm going to teach you how to maybe consider running faster. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, we, we're doing this. We're now heading into more territory where you know they laid down so much groundwork for for the end of the epi- the end of the season and the beginning mm-hmm. ones. I really want to talk about episode four for a couple reasons because mm-hmm. the first is Doctor Wells um, is so creepy towards Felicity. Um, <laughs> Like, I watched, and he's like, oh, I keep an eye out for promising talent, and you are going to do great things. And um, part of me is like, okay, what does he know about her? Or or what do, what ace does he have in his back pocket? Because we established in episode three that he's not above doing surveillance, and we also established he's got a line to the future. So my question is, is he... So if you're watching this episode, you're like, is he future Googling everybody? Is that how he knows about Felicity? Um, mm-hmm. And and also he's like, oh, I expect great things. And, and it's it's just his whole attitude towards her is super creepy. And I'm surprised that it doesn't set off anybody's alarms. Go back for just a second here, because I don't think I saw the arrows that led into this. How how did Barry... How did they... How did Felicity and Barry hook up? The, so... Bet an arrow, I believe it was season two they were on. Um, they introduced Barry Allen because he comes out from Central City for a case that spans both cities. He comes out, posits that he's a forensic scientist and he's looking into the case because he specializes in anomalies. When it turns out that he's actually like an entry level lab flunky, he lied about the whole thing and because he investigates freak cases on the off chance that it ties into his mom's murder. Um, so Barry comes out. He and Felicity hit it off because nerds, and um, and I and, and I mean that like the best mm-hmm. possible. They have crazy off the charts chemistry because it's Emily Betts Rickard, and she has crazy off the charts chemistry with almost anything. And um, <clears throat> Oliver gets jealous, and that's when he does some digging around on Barry and finds out that Barry is in fact they're under false pretenses. He embarrasses Barry. Um, then Oliver does an Oliver type thing, and Barry is around to conveniently help. He finds out Oliver's secret identity. He helps with. He helps them capture the killer in question. He makes peace with Oliver by giving him a new mask. He heads back to Central City. There's intimations that he and Felicity are are basically doing a lot of long-distance chatting and so on and so forth. And then he gets hit by lightning, and Felicity's like, well, that would be the end of that nascent relationship. And um, there's a very sweet scene towards the end of season two where Oliver's like, well, maybe in his coma he's dreaming of you. And Felicity's like, yeah, right, whatever. And so... The way things were left between Oliver, between Barry and Felicity pre-coma were there was something there and they were both doing the thing where they're like, okay, I'm really in love with someone else. But on the other hand, you were actually giving me the time of day and you were attractive and we are both smart and we both have a lot in common. And um, why don't we see where this goes? And then after there was there, then there was the coma and then Barry somehow managed to forget about Felicity's existence until <laughs> the network mandated crossover. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Why did you scene. never call, Barry? Why yeah. did you never call? Well, and the thing and the thing that's weird is there's um in the season premiere of the Arrow for like season three, there's there's a scene where Oliver is all buck up, Barry, after you've run all the way out to Starling City to talk to me. Buck up and you have what it takes to be a superhero and you're a good guy and I'm gonna totally ignore the fact that the woman I secretly love and won't do a thing about until the end of the season is, you know, semi kind of in love with you too. And that's when Felicity's like, oh, I was eavesdropping on the whole conversation. So she's remarkably chill about everything that went down. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, also, Cisco and Caitlin 
come to the rescue in Starling City at the end of um, season two for Arrow. Yeah, they like, have the don't they have the basically is I don't know if it's a cure or they have a cure antidote for the Mercury. They have an antidote. I don't know. Is it a cure or it's a it's it's counter agent? I don't know. It's like a counter agent where that undoes all of the effects of Mirakura, which just seems dumb because at some point you would have those learned skills. But I believe Cisco actually breaks his leg in that episode and you see him with no broken leg in the season premiere. So the timeline is a little confusing for me on that. But yeah, Caitlin and Cisco. Well, I mean, because there is, I mean, Barry goes back and then mm-hmm. he gets hit by lightning and then yeah. he's in, he's a in a coma for, for, a, for a long time. Right? So Cisco so. could plausibly just have been in a cast for six weeks. Um, yeah. yeah that it was a sprain. Right? It wasn't a break. It yeah, could, I mean, he might you know, have been exaggerating. You, you know, maybe he should be having. A, he's doing a lot of physical therapy when he's not on camera. It's, yeah, you that's know. what he's doing. <laughs> you know. But slash, anyways. it turns out the Star Labs yeah. health plan is not so yeah. great now. So now it's so, blown up. Yeah, so so Barry's introduction to the CW was through Arrow. It was kind of awkward, but kind of not. And um, it was really smart from a strategic strategic point of view because Oliver doesn't have time to constantly be crossing over into everybody else's stuff, but the supporting cast certainly does. Well, and, and when you have girls Felicity, that aren't yeah. doing anything in the flash yeah. at this point, it's like, yeah. well, here's somebody who has is actually a well fleshed out character. Check yeah. her out. Mm. Yeah, one of my favorite. So one of my favorite things about episode four with the politics of the women is I like that that Caitlin and uh, Felicity are friends. Mm-hmm. And I like that they're basically, they treat each other like colleagues and friends and they really like each other. And I think it's great that there's like a left brain, left brain ladies who lunch club. Um, mm. I would like to see more of that actually. Um, but the episode is also painful to watch because it just points out how painfully underwritten and underrealized Iris is yeah. throughout the whole episode. She's basically just this very pretty vessel and does weird and presumptuous things like set up double dates for people she doesn't know. And, um, Poor Eddie is just like literally the, the it's like someone took a golden retriever and turned it to a person for a day because he's all I didn't know the name of the spaceship that Han Solo used to fly. No, Eddie, everyone knows that. It's it's <laughs> it's like it's like it's like part of No Child Left Behind at this point. You, know, you can't get through school Yikes. in America without learning that. So, we don't we don't, we don't know what roles. Maybe Star Wars yeah. is like a cult classic in the, uh, in, the <laughs> in the in the CW verse. It's possible. You know? It's possible. <laughs> you know? But there were people dressed as R two D two at the table across from them, so maybe not. Um, yeah, yeah. So. But, I just but, I liked how positive and like upbeat mm-hmm. this episode, and I I feel like this episode was like really intended to like really hit home how mm-hmm. different the tone is on this versus Arrow. Yes, by having Felicity there, like there's no scene at night. The opening, uh, like mm-hmm. his monologue, is is basically like there's literally the line: "The lightning didn't just give me speed; it gave me friends." And then they go to the scene where he is playing ping pong, yes. operation, and chess simultaneously with a Star Lab, and it's like Barry is just so happy and and just you know, mm-hmm. you know, and he, that's a good a- setup because by yeah. the end of the episode or near the end, um, he is Those really distraught get because yeah. he's he's upset with Cisco because Cisco yeah. built a weapon that basically mm-hmm. was meant to destroy him. Mm-hmm. And what I liked is he's like, look, I'm not mad that you made the weapon. I'm mad that you didn't tell me. Yeah. And I thought, okay, that actually is a measure of the friendship where Barry realizes that realistically speaking, there are reasons you want to stop metahumans. And he's okay with that. He's just not okay with being lied to by his friends. Mm-hmm. And um, 
like Doctor Dr. Wells has some weird stuff in this episode, right? Because there's the way he is around Cisco, and there's the oh, way he is around big time. Um, well, the Doctor Wells Cisco relationship yeah. is fascinating. This one because it's really warm and paternal at the beginning, and then yeah. by the end, it's like disapproving dad. And I was like, oh, they have a really complicated emotional it's a dynamic little, there. I, I think it may have been a little off in this one, and I yeah. don't know if that was like, are they? Because you know, we're still discovering what's up with Doctor Wells. So like, is he yelling at Cisco because he is? secretly you know a villain and and unhinged and this is a hint at his dark side or is he just a jerky boss right yeah. we, we you know we don't know so maybe they're trying to play it that way yeah. but it felt a little it felt not consistent with kind of the way he's so chill about everything else right yeah. like every other problem he's like let me sit okay. in my chair and and meditate for a second and come yeah. up with an answer for you because um, he gives him he gives him the dad hand right yeah. on him and says mm-hmm. you will never do anything to hurt barry again yeah yeah and, and that's when that's yeah. when it's a definite parent child parent child sibling dynamic, mm-hmm. and I think you know we're gonna have to do it for this. But Cisco obviously responds to that, and um, that's another way where um, you know Cisco responds to well, he's clearly used to being the little brother in the family. And then Doctor Wells, I can't remember if it's episode three or episode four, where he's like, "Look, I make oh episode four where he's like, I make a point." Where Wells is like, "I make a point in sniffing out." really promising off the charts talent this is why i have caitlin working for me this is why i have cisco working for me and i have been following your career with great interest and um you know cisco kind of eats up that validation too mm-hmm. hooray so, and that well. does feel a little inconsistent with mm-hmm. like because felicity's role at, at queen consolidated was not that high profile to start up right i mean yeah it's it's um, know, i mean maybe that was just like a hand wavy like let's just assume everybody knows everybody here that's yeah. easier for story purposes. I think but, you're right. Yeah, well, Felicity's the problem. The Felicity problem. It's not a problem, but like they brought her on board originally as okay. She's she works in tech support at Queen Consolidated, but over time it's turned into she worked she worked tech support at Queen Cons- uh, and she worked for Walter, and so they mm-hmm. pull her in because she's like I like Walter and I can do things with computers. And then by the time that we are where we are in this universe, Felicity already has a master's in cybersecurity from MIT, and wah, it's a and she's a super hacker who blithely breaks into satellite networks for the heck of it. And she's apparently needs no sleep. And she's doing all this genius stuff. And my thought is, why would somebody who is that scarily brilliant at, at computers? Because it's shown that she is. Like, why is she settling for entry-level drone work at Queen Consolidate? That's never been adequately explained. Not even when they did the mm-hmm. Felicity backstory with, oh, I created the... where. Basically, her backstory is that, like, once upon a time, she was a goth. She dated a dude who had read all of Naomi Klein's books. They were going to bring down corporate America from within. It backfires horribly. And um, she decides then to turn herself into a bright J. Crew catalog and, I guess, go work for the man. But it never explains why she isn't, like, running the stock market or doing something mm-hmm. with her prodigious skills. like Or running her own company or something. Yeah. Right? Or, yeah. Or, or, like, why at the beginning of season three of Arrow, she isn't, you know, mm-hmm. doing a startup or something like that. She's working at a freaking Best Buy. Like, it yeah. just doesn't make sense with... And part of me is like, do they... Does does anyone on that writing staff know somebody who works in IT? Can't they <laughs> talk to them about this stuff and see how it works? You know, because it's... Well, she was kind it's, of brought in as a plot device. Let's let's just yeah. be honest. There were two mm-hmm. two different reasons. One is yeah. the sex up with Barry, and then mm-hmm. to hack into the city's uh, grid like within yeah. seconds. Yeah. Um, but knowing what we know now about mm-hmm. Doctor Wells, I actually like even more some of the things that he does. Like yeah. because it's just like, oh my gosh, we. I mean, we all. 
if we knowing what we know now, it's like God, it was like blatantly obvious. So the first the first thing I want to mention, which uh-huh. I I want to be something, but is there's no way it's not just a ridiculous throwaway. Yeah. When uh, Captain Cold goes to the museum to like scope it out, mm-hmm. and he's on the tour, and the tour guide there's like a line of dialogue, and they have a display, and they talk about the history of Central City and how Bobby. Bovine McFeely and his cattle ranch was yes. the hero of Central City. And I was like, I did not catch that on the first time through. And I don't know if that's just like, if I'm going to see like a weird cows reference every other episode on the rewatch or yeah. I, and they had like a photo of him and I wanted that photo to be like, uh, Dr. Wells with a lot of makeup or something, but no, it, yeah. do, it does not look like it is, it is part of the, the Eobard Thawn family. Uh. It'd be great if Barry goes back in time in season two and we get that. <laughs> I want that to come back again in some form, or just that there is some kind of cow or hamburger reference every episode. <laughs> so, yeah. oh, it's it's um, what got me is is when Wells was talking about oh, Felicity, I've been keeping an eye on your work. Part of me wonders, is her work the basis for um, Gideon? Ooh, maybe that but, that seems possible, right? In yes. that Gideon is a supercomputer thing, and yeah, that. The Flash created or works for or something, yeah. and it's. But how does Barry do that, right? Well, yeah, exactly. and if you remember, Bar- she said Barry built me. I, mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. that idea. Maybe with some help. Maybe with some yeah, help. That's right. right. Yeah, because there is there is also the weird thing, right? Because now that we've done the, I mean, Eobard is from an alternate future, right? Mm-hmm. Where where the Flash becomes the Flash later, and maybe is more powerful and all these things, right? So. I, I, you know, maybe, I don't know, you'd think, that, I mean, presumably that's still the Barry Allen Flash, but maybe it's a Barry Allen Flash who, you know, after doing the, the whole chem lab uh, lab tech thing for a little while, dropped mm-hmm. out and decided to go back and get a second degree in computer science. I, I don't know. Yeah, so. yeah. Or <laughs> married Future, Felicity? Married, yeah, you know, yeah, I don't know. Poss- well, yeah, what yeah, if Felicity uh, is the Flash in that alternate future? Yeah, <laughs> so. look, uh, this is where, like, people who really day Oliver and Felicity together just mm-hmm. tear up their hair. I have always thought it made more sense for Felicity and Barry to get together, both from a this makes sense for them as people sort of thing, and this makes sense from how their relationships with these other people are written point of thing. Mm -hmm. And so I really like the idea of Barry and Felicity teaming up to create Gideon and the Mm -hmm. Justice League, because it seems pretty obvious that she's always going to be um, the nerve center or the the brains that connect stuff. And Mm -hmm. um, Is she a character in the universe? Like, No, no, I don't know. Neither is... I think Diggle is not either from Arrow. No, they were, though no. I think they may have been. Have they been added, Lisa? Is I that don't what you're going to say? I, I was thinking they might. They might go to add them because I know. Fel- I think Diggle has been added. Yeah, at I don't this know. Point. Felicity has at this point. My uh, yeah. my wildest supposition is although that there was a Birds of Prey series like way back when, which was terrible and didn't take off at all, and was oh look, it's women in cat suits. But um, what I would love is if a couple seasons down they turned Felicity into Oracle and just had her working mm-hmm. that capacity because that would be a great way to link her with multiple teams in the in the in the you, DC uh, TV universe, as it were. Would they? Would they? Do you think they'd ever actually call her Oracle, or would she be Oracle in all but name? Yeah, I don't. That's the thing. I don't know. The problem is, is, is Gotham is doing such a yeah. terrible job with the Barbara Gordon character that yep. at this point, the idea that Jim Gordon would marry her and create a little Barbara Gordon who goes on to become a Batgirl and the Oracle seems incredibly implausible. And also, it's not clear where that Gotham is relative to the other series in terms of where it's placed in like actual chronological time. Like, it's just dreadful. So, yeah, like my hope is that Felicity does it and Cisco gives her the name and she's like, I'm not going to dispute it, you know, and it, and, and it goes from there. Mm-hmm. Um but 
I would like to see her basically launch a, a basically become the Oracle and um, you, you become the information center for the Justice League because they've laid down all of this uh, heavy, heavy imagery suggesting that Barry is over the course of the series. Barry is going to decide they need Justice League and he's going to do the legwork to pull it together. Mm-hmm. And they've already, I forgot. And they've already mentioned Hal Jordan. So, mm-hmm. you know. I forgot to mention in the last episode, mm-hmm. Caitlin has a line which is like kind of foreshadowing slash kind of just comic yeah. nerd bait uh, where she cold. talks about she talks about no she talks she's talking about Ronnie and she mm-hmm. and she says we were like fire and ice and I was yeah. like oh yeah I heard that was yeah. like oh I don't I don't think I caught that the first time through <laughs> yeah so. just Ugh. Uh, but yeah uh, yeah no this this what the diddly it struck me how well planned out the whole thing was because um, episode three is where Doctor Wells starts making references to oh it feels like I feels like I'm waiting a century for this and I'm like because you have and um. Then when he watches Barry towards the end and there's that weird blend of aggression and paternal interest, you know, like I found it really disquieting the first time. I'm like, oh, it all makes sense now because by the end of the season, he's all, I love you like a son and I didn't want to. And I, I hate the grown-up Barry Allen, but I like the Barry Allen that's you. And I'm like, oh, so this is, he's, he's going through some pretty heavy stuff here. And the times when he's barely, like Gideon getting ready to push Barry, it, like you go back and you watch it now and you're like, oh, it's because he's really excited about the prospect of everything coming mm-hmm. together and sending him home in a few months. And um, it's both sinister and yet weirdly touching at the same time. <laughs> like, I'm curious to find out how much Tom Cavanaugh knew ahead of time. Like, if he was told, all right, this is how you're playing it all season because this is the secret you're sitting on. Or, you know, if it's just a testament to how much he thought out this character. I think they. I think that they had to have written this. I mean, I, mm-hmm. if they didn't, I'd be really surprised. But I think that they ha, ha, he had to have known exactly who he was in order to play it correctly. You know, he's yeah. got to come and pull it back a little bit every now and again. But he's got to go overboard with mm-hmm. like Cisco when he screws up. Yeah, and the Cisco thing. What I liked about that is the fact that he makes Barry the 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 go, the favored child as it were and it totally maps into Cisco's home dynamic where his parents coddle his coddle his brother and treat him like the golden child whereas Cisco who arguably is more accomplished is treated as the screw up or the disappointment and I thought oh if Wells knows this he's he's pushing buttons because he knows that's what Cisco responds to so that you know again it's it's both um Oh, they laid the groundwork for that. And, oh, Dr. Wells, you're kind of evil. <laughs> so, But yeah, it's episode four is where it really kicks into high gear. And I was like, they are laying yeah. down all sorts of stuff here. And um, Especially because Captain Cold is kind of our first mm-hmm. villain that's going to come back again and again. And we yeah. get him right away. And he's the first mm-hmm. non-metahuman villain. Yeah. Um, I, You know, I love Captain Cold. And I, I love do. Wentworth Miller's uh, depiction of him. I think he is a, the... <laughs> way the character is introduced in this episode was a little rougher than I had remembered because it yeah. it is it is the weird thing where he kind of has this code about not killing guards but but he also kills like four people in this episode yeah. some of whom are these crooks and, and then just that one civilian in the place where he's showing off that he has a freeze rate of flash so that it feels a little inconsistent with how he's written yeah. uh, later in terms of what is that character's actual motivation but you know Wentworth mm-hmm. Miller does the ridiculous over the top um, you know I'm this crazy smart guy yeah. and I, you know, I want to live here and I don't want to follow any rules and I want to do whatever I want because I'm smart enough and yeah. crazy enough to get away with it. Look, um, I'm not asking for anything ridiculous. Just let me knock over a bank every six months and yeah. don't ask me why I can't manage my money better. Um, <laughs> well, because this is the other thing is, is if he's that smart, 
there has to be like a thrill element to it. It's not mm-hmm. merely I need the money or I want the money. Mm-hmm. It's it's I do this for the kicks. But he may not be the world's most versatile or protean actor, as it were. But like one thing Wentworth Miller plays very well is smart is is renegade and smart at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like that was his role in Prison Break, and he did yep. well with that. And that's what he he's basically like an evil Michael Schofield here. Mm-hmm. And only like with a fine, only wrapped in a fine layer of ham, and it's it, <laughs> the it, ham is what is is, is critical. Oh God, yes, know? no, it's it's as long as it's honey baked. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I know. think people are going to look back on this series the same way you can look back on the nineteen seventies bat the the Adam West Batman series and be like, wow, that person was really having a lot of fun and making some very mm-hmm. interesting decisions. And mm. I think when you watch the Flash, like decades from now, they'll be like, oh, it's pretty mm-hmm. obvious who is doing workman like work here and who's having a good time. So, so some things that were kind of spoiled for me for the the next season. Uh-huh. Um, is that we, so? Captain Cold and uh, Heatwave will be back, yeah. and they have cast a character like Captain Cold and Golden Glinders' uh, father, yeah, who, yeah, uh, Michael Ironside, who I mainly know as a voice actor, yeah. Um, but so that that will that could be interesting. I like whoa, their whoa, kind whoa, of misfit whoa, whoa, whoa. evil right, family we'll, dynamic. We'll roll back just a second. Yeah. So, yep. who's Ironside playing? He is playing Captain Cold, and I forget uh, Golden Glinders' actual character name but her her alias yeah lisa snart lisa snart yeah, Leonard, he's playing leonard, leonard and, and lisa, lisa snart's, snart's father the crooked who ah. is yeah a, i i had forgotten that little tidbit what we get in season four so he's yeah. some kind of crooked or violent cop that goes to jail yeah um so he's a villain now and if i can complain a little bit i'm really getting tired of people with father fixations i mean <laughs> i guess it i guess it um I guess it beats the 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 absent women thing that also goes on in this show but i i don't want like we've already got Barry and his three dads. I, I feel like you don't need a villain dad family, also. Well, if it's if the whole point is oh they're not so different, they just choose mm-hmm. to do things differently. Then you know we we kind of like it doesn't work because you don't want a scene with Golden Glider, uh, Captain Cold, their dad, and Heatwave like arguing over dinner because I yeah. do. Oh, <laughs> actually, I do want that now that you put it that way. I just don't appreciate the. the I, I don't like the, oh, you and I were not so different after all, Barry. And, like, Leonard has said that a few times. And, he's wrong. <laughs> well, yeah. I, well, he, yeah he's, he, he is mistaken. Well, no, because you can argue that, fine, they're, they're very similar in that they've both chosen to be the sum of their decisions. And they both have a moral code and so on and so forth. But, no, actually, their values are completely, completely <laughs> at odds. I mean, <laughs> this is not, we're not so different after all. No, it's it's... You're basically two people who have the same toolkit of learned behaviors, but your fundamental mm-hmm. personalities are very different. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Barry is a diligent civil service servant who's been living his life trying to do the right thing. You are yeah. a career criminal because you're like you literally at the end of episode, uh, episode four walk away with a diamond. Yeah. But you're still going to commit crimes because you're bored and you're like yeah. an adrenaline junkie or something. Yeah, it, it goes, you're not a nice, uh, you're not a nice dude, Captain. No, Cole. you're not going to make the, you're not going to make the world a better place. You don't care about that. Like, you, yeah. you don't, and you think about it, like he's small time in a way. Cause he's like, I just want to live in the city I live in and commit crimes. And I'm like, really? <laughs> because like a criminal with aspirations would start looking around and, and maybe franchising the cold idea somewhere or like, I really like the bar here. I don't want to have to go and find it new bar somewhere else (laughs) i think they made a talent acquisition with wentworth Mm -hmm. miller he's 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 got enough uh pull to where Mm -hmm. he he they can keep him signed on and at the same time he is like an arch nemesis and he's you know in future episodes 
perhaps uh, Flash and he get a little bit more cozy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and then the the big because he's going to be in Legends of Tomorrow, which I think it, I, I don't know if we've gotten confirmation, but might be some kind of like mid season replacementy kind of thing. Yeah, right? I think. It's, and there I think they're it's kind rolling of rolling out next January. Or yeah. So, so there mm-hmm. they're going to be kind of more good guy slash anti hero type roles, right? Because they're going to yeah. be you know teaming up with good guys. I'm really curious to see how it's going to work out because you've got Ray Palmer, who is basically mm-hmm. like a, a black lab made human being. And um, <laughs> dun, 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 look at me, everybody. I fetch what? technology. Lisa, um, just out of curiosity, what percentage of people are basically dogs to you? <laughs> it sounds like all, sound like, like a, virtually all men well, in some t- capacity. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like on. TV characters, way. TV characters, <laughs> not people. Out well, maybe, maybe you have feelings on people too. No, no, no. no it's. Um, I should probably find a better verbal shorthand. It's just that you think. No, about it's it. not. It's not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> but because you think about it, and Ray is is just so eager, and he likes having other people, and and he although he likes having other people's approval, what he really just wants is to be allowed to do his own thing without impediment, and and you know he he's very energetic and and it just reminds me of all the black labs i've ever known um <laughs> plus he has a vertical leap like all the black labs mm. i've ever known like every black lab i've known can like can like pogo six <laughs> feet in the air it's really unnerving you um, asked <laughs> for it tony and you got it <laughs> you know Sorry. i feel like that's like a self-help book is like yeah. the, the black labs i've known eight, <laughs> eight secrets of black labs yeah. i don't know yeah. <laughs> it's, a man- it's a management consulting the book. five oh. black labs you meet in heaven <laughs> yes <laughs> Fifty Shades of Black Lab. Oh, no, that's no, a different book. No, um, boo, hiss. <laughs> so I was going to speculate about other Flash villains that yeah. we might see uh, uh-huh. in season two. I don't know. Or should we, do we have other things no, to comment? I no, I want to know. I want to know. So that I think the two most ridiculous, um, one is not specifically a Flash villain, but I think we might see him. Mm-hmm. Um, Sportsmaster is a ridiculous sports theme supervillain. And he appears in other things, like he's in Young Justice and, and other DC properties. And he's basically well, yes. like Tell, what does he a do? sports guy. Um, like and he, he, he talks in ridiculous sports talk. Um, so Was he just like, you're out, and punches the guy? Uh, like he would punch somebody and then say, you're out. Or like, I, really I don't like actually striped, know enough sports like a, things to like say a, stuff, but does he really like but, a striped referee shirt because he mastered all sports and can boss people around now? Oh the version, God. the recent versions, make him look more kind of like ninja assassin like, but with like a vaguely like hockey goalie, in, you know, inspired mm-hmm. mask. Oh, oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> but I think he does do a lot with like explosive balls and you know <laughs> lacrosse, lacrosse sticks and stuff. He is he is ridiculous. Hey, I'm just gonna um, go on record right now. If that guy shows up, mm-hmm. I'm out of here. <laughs> Season two, episode one. That's Sportsmaster versus the Flash. I'm <laughs> out of here. <laughs> then it's just You're Tony out. and I talking the rest of the time while Phil screams over on a different different podcast. Ah! <laughs> you know the the other one who is is a more traditional. He's probably one of the last um, part of like the Flash Rogues Gallery that we haven't seen. Mm-hmm. So Captain Boomerang appeared in Arrow. <laughs> the Flash hasn't crossed paths with. Yeah. But then the the one other Rogues Gallery like classic Rogues Gallery guy. There's two other, I guess. There's the top, who is just a guy that spins and has tops. He's, he's dumb. Uh, and then there's Mirror Master, who I think they probably will not do, because Mirror Master, he has, like, the ability to pass through mirrors is his power. And it's very weird and ridiculous. And so I, I, I don't know if that's, like, that's that's what we need for season two, uh, or if there's, like, that, we're never going to see that. Or, or how do you take that and make that into a more plausible yeah. uh, thing? But, you know, we had a talking gorilla, so, like, I feel like... 
everything's on the table. And Grodd <clears throat> is out there now, so that's that's like the my my hope is that like Grodd sees America and <laughs> like a road trip exactly. buddy comedy. <laughs> but that Grodd sees America and the like. There's an episode of Arrow where like they're pelting through an alley and they notice a set, a set of like big gorilla tracks and like everybody <laughs> villains and heroes are like like stop and are like what the what and like it's just never explained and they keep running again mm-hmm. and and that he just and that like grod sightings just kind of happen where it's it's almost like elvis sightings until or bigfoot like, flash yeah. season. yes exactly like the flash. a little bit more like bigfoot than elvis but depending on i don't know man i think grod is a superstar so so. <laughs> so you know and then he finally shows up again like season three and by that point like all of the cw like he's been on all of the shows like there's even like a cameo on pretty little liars where you see like a gorilla foot as it rounds the corner and <laughs> <laughs> and then finally like there's a payoff <laughs> But my, the, the problem is, is the Flash has so many truly epically stupid villains. Um, mm-hmm. My hope is that since Barry got sucked into the the wormhole cyclone thing, like a lot of the the, the first few episodes are going to be like Barry discovers how jacked up the timeline can be. Um, there's because there's almost no mention of how badly jacked up it can get mm-hmm. in, in episodes three and four. But you kind of get a feeling that that Wells knows his his little his little sandcastle is is very precariously built because like if something bad happens to Barry he's effectively stranded like he can't he can't go anywhere or do anything he's going to have to live out his life in this this dull backwater alternate history that that he never wanted so but you don't really get that until it's the second viewing and you're like it's the viewing after the season ends you're like oh oh that's how time works oh you're screwed mm. you know because remember well, by this point we haven't seen him with the yellow suit like the yellow suit doesn't get introduced for another few episodes so although he knows that wells has a, some weird stuff going on he's weird and, and 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 um also that felicity points out the problem that we all have with iris which is yeah <laughs> yeah but you know yeah. by time now we're at episode four and mm-hmm. barry is being like you know being sculpted down little by little learning yeah. back you know how bad things happen and what he can do in the future to become mm-hmm. a better superhero. Yeah. Which is nice. I mean, it's like every episode, it, you know, like at now you can see he's like, it's just being chipped away and he's getting a little bit more refined, loses mm-hmm. a little bit, gains another. Yeah. And we didn't get, cause we had them back to back in the first two episodes, the mm-hmm. Dr. Wells reveals. Yeah. We didn't really get one in this one, right? Mm, the number the third episode we get a reveal in cuz it's him yes Barry soon like the night of the accident mm-hmm. or what have you when mm-hmm. like there's a weird moment which they never quite explain how in the middle of this whole he is setting off a reactor it's an historic event in theory it would have been choreographed to within an inches of its life because it's a big media managed thing mm-hmm. like anyway Dr. Will somehow manages to slip away from all of this so he can go to his secret future lair and watch Barry about to get hit by yeah. a deliberate accident. So that's your, and then the flashback and the, then the stinger in season in episode four is, um, we're getting the prison break gang back together. Um, yeah. So it's heat wave. It's not. Yeah. Dr. Wells it's related. heat wave. And oh my God, speaking of getting the prison break gang back together, you know, Robert Nepper is going to show up in a few episodes. Um, the clockmaker dude. Uh, cause he first started off in arrow, but he pops up in an episode of the flash. And is that tea bag? Yeah, that's yes. tea bag. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you know we should all hit the IMDb's for the other Prison Break ap- actors and say, "Hey, Amore in Alaska, what can you play? <laughs> yeah, maybe he can be the sportsmaster." That's right. I'm he might here. not be doing anything. So, <laughs> I'm it's here. a game changer. Yeah. Oh. 
my gosh. I am, this is like, I'm preparing master. you. I'm preparing you. This is, you're going to have so many sports related puns. You're going to have to work your way through. Oof. Yeah. I'm ready. Uh, yeah. See, I feel like you could, um, I, I feel like you could ride this one out there, Phil. You could, you could be, you could be there as our, as our uh, devil's advocate for, for the sports master. I just, I need someone to explain all the sports terms. That's so, right. That's yeah, fine. I'll, 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 I'll help you out. Knowledgeable and patient to be like, see, this is, that is a reference to hockey, mm-hmm. the game played on ice. Yes. That's why he's talking about ice. And I'm like, <laughs> ah, yes. Yeah, there should oh. be, there should be a sports, um, glossary. I was like, what is that word for when you have a bunch of words and a list and you give the definitions for them? <laughs> That's really hard to look up. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, a glossary, a compendium, a dictionary. Yeah. They should have one for sports where it's all right. When they're, when they talk about something being offside, I, I think it's a football thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it can be hockey too, so you know. It, is it, that it, I, it, I, that's also soccer, right? Yeah, think, we, we can blend. We can blend. All right. Okay. Like how much? How many things have offsides? Too many. I don't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot if of things, I, I'll a lot tell of you things what. have sides. If you I'm Wentworth Miller, mm-hmm. I he lives offsides. Oh. He wants that to happen. Okay. Mm. Cool. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I'm going yeah, to take I don't your know word either. for sports. it. What, yeah, what sports. I'm saying, what, what sports I'm saying is, he already breaks all the rules. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, okay. I'm really going to have to bring you guys up to snuff. Yeah, yeah we have a lot. We have is a lot to, to snuff. Learn. Also, a sports term. I'm unclear. No. I, well, I maybe so. depending. I think that's just a general idiom. <laughs> it's, it's when snuff was used in the uh, in, yeah, in the bases ball all the time. How did oh. you think about that? Snuff is one of those products that was like super popular for a hundred years and then dropped off a cliff. And uh, I mean, th- that sounds well. That's, actually, tobacco, that sounds right? like another film. I'm like, no, there's other connotations, not the word snuff. So that would be a terrible villain's name. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, no these these episodes. The, my overarching impression from both of them was, um, I don't know if the writers' room like literally mapped out every beat they wanted to hit for the season, and what we saw was just a lot of beautiful setups or if like halfway through they made everybody watch like the first 10 episodes and said, okay, now we really have to figure out how this, how how to reward people for paying attention or what, but it just, the season as a whole is beginning to look very tightly plotted and pulled together based on everything that gets laid down in the first few episodes. Cause I, you have Barry who could break his dad out of prison and doesn't. Um, you have the really interesting evolution of the relationship between two of Barry's dads. Cause there's that really tense prison conversation scene. And that foreshadows how they're beginning to warm, warm up to each other again. Um, you know, I don't know it feels really well. I mean, yeah. I think you're, you're totally right. I, I think that they, they had like, what are our 24 little points that are going to get us from, from A to B Yeah, and, and at least rough those out before they start scripting things specifically because it feels i mean maybe maybe i'll change my mind as we move forward or rewatch but as a season it it feels very solid for a season of this length and like very consistent and you know in some ways it's like it's it's a lot of the same people that were working on arrow and they Mm -hmm. came off of the first two seasons of arrows which you know has their ups and downs but it feels like they learned we got we got a team from that uh, that was heavily informed by that experience and really wanted to, to put something yeah. together really great. Unfortunately, you know, that meant, you know, Arrow season three kind of suffers. We don't need yeah. to talk about that too much. No. Um, but, but this feels, I, 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 you know, it's not quite like, you know, a 20, you know, 22 hour movie, but it just feels, it feels very kind of solid and consistent across. And I was just surprised at like going back and watching episode three and four. And it's like, this feels like the flash 
right here. It's not like it took six or seven episodes to get into it. It's like, no, we're really, even doing I mean, it in episode yeah. three. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, like there's, there's not anything, and you know, I, I feel like it's, it's there as a, as a kind of the general whole of it, even if there's some little things that tweak, you know, I mean, there's still, uh, there's still a lot of, uh, kind of flashbacky kind of stuff that mm-hmm. did surprise me a little bit. Yeah. Uh, again, cause it's like, how much of that is there going to be? Cause we've had a little bit of that before already. Um, but it's, 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 it's the flash right from the get go. It's not like it takes them till episode 12 to figure out what are we doing here? No, the, the um, thing that they have to figure out and it took them all season to figure it out is they have to figure out Iris. And um, Caitlin. Yeah. They're still yeah. not there with Caitlin and it's disappointing cause I felt like they started from a stronger base with her. And, um, I don't know if it's just the fact that it's a grown man named Ronnie or, or what the deal is, but the whole, oh, I'm a bit like, she's a brilliant MD, somebody who, mm-hmm. you know, is in theory, very logical. She does a great job of like playing reality check. Like some of my favorite scenes with her on the early episodes are when she's pointing out, oh, this could kill you, or this is really not mm-hmm. a good idea or what have you. Like, she's actually somebody who's genuinely concerned about Barry's well-being and it, it conveys her professional values in a very subtle way, which I like. And then they turn her into, you know, oh, she's just this girl mooning over her boyfriend who happens to be physically merged with another man Mm -hmm. and they burst into flames. Um, So I I feel like over the course of the season, Caitlin actually gets worse served the further along, the further along they get. Like, there's there's no progress. There's no recovery. There's 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 not even a whole. Oh, now that I know that my boyfriend is, in fact, living this weird half life merged to another man and bursting into flames. I can move on with. Let's my get life. married. So. Yeah, I know, right? And it just uh, it makes mm. like I, I I feel like she was poorly served this season. And I isn't think, he legally dead? Can you get married? I don't know how that well, works. It, so. it, well, his his platonic flame bursting partner is also a rabbi, so who knows? Maybe they finesse the yeah. details and and just uh, like yeah, it points out that there's a Caitlin problem that goes on the whole season, and it points out that there was an Iris problem that really didn't get resolved until way mm-hmm. later in the season. Um, mm-hmm. Because here she's still kind of this thing that everybody wants around or wants to mm-hmm. have or, or wants to watch out for. Like, she's treated more like a car than a human being. Like, Joe is like, yeah. well, she's, you know, I need to make sure that everything's okay with her. And I'm always thinking about her well-being. And, like, you could be talking about a vintage car the same way you talk about that. And, yeah, you, it, yeah it's just, you don't see a whole lot of evidence for why Barry would even remotely entertain the hope that yeah. something could go on with Iris. Um, she and Josie match because they're so bland, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's weird because The Flash, at least the show, this version of it, doesn't feel um, as much like other very kinds of masculine superhero shows, right? It's not as much like yeah. a, a power fantasy. It's not mm-hmm. like the dark brooding anti-hero. It's not, you know, Barry Allen is like an athletic looking dude, but he's not like a giant hulked up space marine, you know, with, with a five o'clock shadow, right? Mm-hmm. But it is still... It, it kind of ends up being this show that does still have a lot of these kind of like, like I assume that the, the vast majority of the writers on the show are men because of the themes it has. Cause it has all these like father son dynamics and yeah. brotherhood dynamics. And like, even, you know, it, it's cause Cisco and Caitlin could have kind of very similar roles, but it's like Cisco and Barry become like buddies yeah. right away and are mm-hmm. like dude bros together, even though, you know, neither of them is really totally a dude bro. Yeah. Um, so it, it like they're all of those dynamics are still very strong there, even though like you know the Flash isn't punching you know people's teeth out and you know looking like a power fantasy. Um, but it, there are still a lot of like very kind of like, masculine type themes. Of it, yeah, which I guess is unfortunate that 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 those are there 
to the exclusion of other themes. Yeah, well, your 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 statement last time about um, how palpable the abs the, the how palpable the theme of missing women. You know, you're like there are a lot of missing women on this show, and it's not that they're absent; it's that they were there and they were f- removed, like through death mm-hmm. or through like we don't know if Joe's wife was bodily assumed into heaven or just disappeared and it's been a cold case or or like it was a figment of the imagination and Iris is somehow uh, the who knows um uh-huh. but yeah that's a season it's, 2 plot line yeah but you you know you make a good <clears throat> point about this is this is such a show about the relationships between men on a brotherly level on a, a father son level on a man to man father to father type level um and this actually brings up Earlier when you were talking about how Barry doesn't know how to fight, um, one of my favorite things about the upcoming Arrow Flash crossover episodes is when Oliver points that out to him. And he's like, I don't care how fast you are. If somebody hits you with, if someone manages to shoot you, they're going to kill you. So you do need to know how to fight. You do need to know evasive maneuvers. And it's it's great that he points that out. And um, I was noodling idly, idly as you do driving someplace and i was like okay mcu's quicksilver versus some dc current dc iteration of flash who would win in a fight if they had to and instantly i was like okay barry because barry's actually had fight training so (laughs) so i liked how that's brought up here where all barry does in the first few episodes is just kind of count on running to do what he needs to do (laughs) and finally like in a few episodes oliver's gonna be like -uh -uh nah And then by the se- the season finale, you see that Barry actually has some some punching game when he's uh, up against Yobard. You know, he's he's learned something. So I like how that's laid down and reiterated here too. It's just such a smart first season. I really hope they can live up to the high the the the, the bar that they set. I hope they do. I, yeah. I I I don't doubt them yet, but you never know. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just scares me that. Have we gone through all of our villainy too soon? But, mm. you know, time will tell. Well, and at least in the comics, like, Captain Cold is that guy, right? Yeah. And we, we've we seen some grains of that later. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, in the especially in the comics that I've read, like, it's Captain Cold and, like, a room full of six misfits. And he's yeah. laying out, like, here's the heist. Here's the rules. Mm-hmm. Here's, how, here's why we're doing what we're doing. You know, he is, he is the leader. Um, mm-hmm. And so to not have him... You know, I mean, I guess they'd have to figure out somebody else, but th- like that is a dynamic that you know he currently brings. So, I'm Captain Cold all the way. So yeah, I, I do like Captain Cold. Of course you do. I do. I do. Um, of course you do. I like. He is the best captain yeah. villain. Yes, so. I, I, li- I, I like. I like smart, misunderstood villains, uh, or mm. rather, I like villains who are smart and not self-aware enough to realize that their lack of of soft skills, as it were, is going to mm-hmm. hamper them in life. <laughs> <laughs> like I really like the Guy Pierce villain in Iron Man three, for example. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, no, I don't. The think Flash that. Rogues Gallery does not have a lot of soft skills in it. No, um, I don't think so. it does. It's um, yeah. it's much much different than Arrow, where there's always like some other organization of assassins that pops yeah. out of the woodwork, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> how <laughs> exactly? How many secret societies filled yeah. with one on one terrorists does this planet sustain? <laughs> How many leagues of assassins are there? There's, do they there's do they play one? each other in interlink softball? Like, what are the rules like? <laughs> Does the opposing team get killed? I mean, <laughs> hmm. yeah, God, I really hope Arrow goes lighter this this coming season. But I hope so. That's oh yeah. That's, we'll find out. No, I've been I've been trying to do a rewatch of that too to um to to be, so so I can go into the season and keep track of who's like 
who's double crossed whom and who's killed who and so on and so forth and it's just it's it's rough sledding compared to the flash which is like wee i get to see my friends again so so that was it okay um i feel like we're meandering at this point and um we should yeah we're touching third rails well thank you for tuning in with us for this uh you know basically mega sized summer catch up we will be back uh within a reasonable amount of time to discuss episodes five and six. And, and those should be super exciting because they actually include a metahuman who um, may not be instantly defaulting to evil. And episode six is the flash is born. So uh, this means the unfortunate, the streak nomenclature will come to an end, which we are all for. So yeah, <laughs> That, that's your assigned that's your assigned watching if you want to play along at home um i want to thank you all for listening again i am lisa schmeiser and with me as always phil mozilek and tony sindelar good night good night nerds <laughs>